Career Day Live is a Stop Clowning Around production. You can learn how Stop Clowning Around helps people succeed in life and career by mastering the art of connection and relationships by visiting stopclowningaround.com or facebook.com forward slash stopclowningaround. Every day we take them for granted as they open and close to provide us entry to the world's adventures and safety from the world's threats. I'm talking about overhead doors, also known as garage doors. All is good until that one day it decides to not work properly. This can put a stop to all activity, whether at a residence or a commercial facility. It's during times like this that I am thankful for overhead door technicians. Josh Yeager, owner of BDK Doors in the Chicagoland area, highlights the opportunity of becoming a technician in this field. Josh, I want to thank you for joining us today. And could we start by just telling us a little bit about the role you're in and how you got there? Uh, my role would be currently is the you know, owner of the company or president of my company. Uh, got here, was uh, working in this industry for my dad for about 10 years. Uh, same industry, but a different company. Uh, from there, I left my family's business, uh, went to work independently, and then to work for another competitor of his. Uh, ultimately, doing contracting again, and then was able to make an arrangement where I bought the company from the previous owner, uh, BDK Door, which is the company that I now own. So have you ever explored any area outside of this industry, or has this pretty much been all you know? Uh, this is pretty much everything I know. I have, uh, haven't worked in a different industry. Uh, I have been able to work in uh, some home remodeling over the years. It's you know, side projects, but now my professional experience is all in this space. So do you ever dream of doing anything different or have you found that this is just a good home for you? It it, it makes sense and you find uh, full enjoyment out of it? Yeah, I am uh, fully enjoy the job and probably more importantly, the people I get to work with. Uh, as far as my goals, yeah, I've got some bigger goals of uh, property development and building that I We'll do someday, but for right now, uh, the company takes most of my attention, and yeah, it's, uh, that's what I'm putting my effort towards now. Excellent. Well, let's talk about this as an industry. Since you now uh, own and run your own company within the overhead door industry, let's just help uh, the audience understand a little bit of what this industry might look like. You know, we all have an overhead door. Most of us do in our house. Uh, we call them garage doors. I know if you drive down any type of industrial park, you're going to see buildings full of overhead doors. I mean, is that all there is to it? Is it's all these doors on the buildings and homes, or or can you describe a little bit more detail of what this industry is all about for someone who may not understand it? Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, at face value, it's 
pretty simple. I mean, you know, people need a door. They would need a way to get in and out of their home or their business. Um, but like everything, you know, you can get into the details and there's a lot more. You know, some people just need a door that works at their house. Uh, some people, if you're at high-end homes or high-end building, they want something that really stands out, something that can really add value. A uh, door makes up probably a good 20 to 30% of the face or the face view or appearance of the house when you pull up if the garage is facing out so that's a pretty big area you can get creative with so there's some real nice custom products available as far as commercial industry uh, same thing at the low end you get single shop owners that just need something that works up and down um, and you have all the way up to facilities that need constant control that might be FDA monitored or um, yeah, need consistent monitoring or securing of their facilities. They might have uh, food regulations that they have to meet. So all that kind of plays into the type of equipment they would have on their door, uh, different seals and screens, um, and providing, you know, monthly or annual inspections for them. So then uh, when we think of this overhead door, it's not just the doors. In many ways, there is a technology component to the operations of these doors and, and how they work and how they're controlled. So I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but my initial thought is it's a job of managing a mechanical door, but there's a need for someone that has technical aptitude as well. Yep. The equipment is very quickly evolving you know, from you know, 20 years ago, everything being mechanical, electrical components, and uh, you know, maybe moved by hand. Uh, now everybody wants uh, to integrate their equipment. You know, they would need to, especially in the commercial and industrial space, they need to have the ability to see when was the equipment serviced or maintained last. Have they had a consistent problem with, in, you know, a certain shift of people or uh, maybe an operator that can. Can, you know, gives a consistent problem. So yeah, there's a technical side to it that's going to continue to expand. Um, there's also a need for you know mechanical aptitude, you know, the desire to you know take something apart and put it back together. Uh, so also the ability to troubleshoot and find the problem because sometimes it's not just skin deep; it's a little, a little more work to find what's actually going wrong. I think that's a perfect segue into one of the next questions I really want to ask, and that is, what does a typical workday or work week look like for someone in this space? And I, I know there's probably different roles, and we can talk about each role, but uh, I would think that you have the person who's actually physically installing or servicing the door. You probably have some sales individuals or account managers there, and then, of course, you're running an entire company. Can you just kind of delve into what uh, some of these roles look like? Yeah. So we'll start, I guess, at the, the base level, which would be, well, to me, it would be, you know, kind of shop maintenance and job prep. You know, there's a very basic position, but it's still essential is having the material, you know, staging material for upcoming jobs. Uh, you know, even as basic as checking off the material or the packing list, you know, we want to make sure everything we ordered and paid for actually arrived. Uh, don't want to lose money, you know, buying a second set of something that we already have or paying for something we didn't receive. Uh, the next step up, I would say, would be, you know, service and installation crews. Uh, they, those are 
positions where they're traveling to job sites, uh, you know, with material to either, you know, make a new installation or a repair that was you know, previously quoted. Um, and beyond that would be, you know, taking care of your equipment, you know, your personal tools, job site maintenance, making sure that you're keeping a safe, clean workspace and also uh, having all the material that you need. It's kind of a independent sort of position because there's not a, you know, it's not efficient to have a supervisor checking every job that somebody goes on every day. So the guys, you know, a good technician will be able to manage themselves and their schedule and their materials. Now, I kind of like that aspect of it. So many people struggle with the idea of being micromanaged and they like the ability to just be trusted to do their work. So it sounds like this uh, service and installation uh, individual, once trusted and once he's earned that trust, often will pretty much do his job and the the owners and managers begin to trust that uh, they've got it under control? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of autonomy with it. Uh, the, I think it's been one of the most enjoyable parts for me. You know, when I was in that position, was getting to get out and you, know, you got, you have to get your job done, but you get the freedom to get there, uh, set it up how you think it should be run. You know, what you think is most efficient. And yeah, you can do things, uh, you can really express and work how you think it should be done. Uh, obviously the results are what are important. You know, you gotta, work within the rules, you know, keeping it safe, doing it properly. But, yeah, it's very enjoyable not to have somebody watching what you're doing or looking over your shoulder. So it sounds like this might be a little bit of uh, what I would call job-based work. So you go out with your work tickets and you know this is what you have to do today. And there might be an aspect of reward there. If you're good at your job and you're efficient with how you do it uh, and you have a just a, a day where you're able to go really hard. If you end the day early, is that just one of the perks of this? Yeah. I mean, that's a benefit is, you know, if the weather, you know, breaks, sometimes the job can't get finished. So, you know, get to head out early. Sometimes we, you know, job goes smoother than expected. So you get to start earlier and wrap it up sooner. Um, say it's double-edged sword though, because there's times where somebody else hasn't prepared their end properly, so it delays us. Uh, you might get stuck holding the bag or having to finish up later than you had hoped, but that's it's like everything. You know, there's a good and bad side to it. Yeah, that makes sense. I forgot about the side where, you know, when someone's not prepared and now I have to work a little extra to get the job done. But like I said, I guess there's always good and bads. Well, let's talk about this a little further because I, I, I really like hanging here. And one of the reasons I, I want to hang here, Josh, is, I feel like we are moving to an epidemic in America, and I won't blame anyone because I don't know where to blame, but it seems that there is a theme that if you do blue-collar work, you're not as smart as the others, or if you're not college material, or and on and on and on. It, it just seems like people look down on blue-collar work, and this seems like a blue-collar position for the most part. But yet it seems like it's very fulfilling in many different ways and offers a nice career path. Could you go ahead and dive in a little more? Are there some other things that you just really did like about this job? You said it was one of the areas you enjoyed. You enjoyed the autonomy. But what are some other things individuals might like 
about this type of role? So I, I agree with you 100%. There's, uh, we're already starting to see the shortages of workers, um, especially in the trades. Personally, and the reports I see are all, you know, building is kind of accelerating and uh, the workers aren't there to complete the project. So there's creating a backlog. Uh, even in manufacturing uh, suppliers, I think the update I received yesterday is a piece of equipment we use pretty regularly is now out to 11 weeks. Uh, this is something maybe a year ago was two to three weeks to manufacture. Wow. So there's a, a lot of strain and a lot of pressure coming on. Uh, personally, um, you know, I think there's going to become a bigger and bigger shortage. And what will happen is like with all you know market-driven cycles is when there's a shortage of workers and a lot of work that needs to be done, you know, prices are going to really quickly accelerate and you're going to see people that are able to do the work probably do very well for themselves. And you'll have a combination of a lot of retired out workers, you know, bubbling to, <laughs> to debating about staying in the workforce and making up for maybe what was a poor economy for the maybe past, you know, six or eight years. And, uh, you know, there'll definitely be a lot to go around for people. I think it'll be a real good time for tradespeople personally. I enjoy the work in the field a lot. It's, yeah, it's satisfying. You get to, there's a good feeling that, you know, when you get to a big mess, you know, maybe there's something that was damaged or something that's been frustrating people and you're able to, you know, take it apart, um, figure out what caused it or what was happening and put it back together. There's a very good feeling of, um, yeah, self-satisfaction. Uh, also some of pre, you know, customers are generally very appreciative, you know, as long as they're treated well and timely, you know, they are very grateful to have equipment that works, you know, properly and safe. Um, that's another side that I've kind of grown to feel more, um, yeah more gratitude from is from our customers uh, by providing safety solutions because you know injury and liability is becoming such a large issue for customers of ours that having solutions that can save them money or possible liability is just very important to them and that feels good to know that you know that you're helping them not just secure you know keep somebody safe but you're securing the entire company and their you know their all their workers future by making a safe environment it kind of packages up really nice in some ways from being direct and straight something about saying overhead door industry there's it's just not really that sexy when you start to just think about it in your own mind but the more you talk the more i realize there are some great qualities of uh, again this industry and and there's some real emotional connection to it, being able to provide someone a uh, solution that maybe changes the profile of their building or their house and and gives them a feeling of uh, just that feeling of pride because of how something mm-hmm. looks now, uh, being able to help a customer provide a uh, providing them a safer solution, a more efficient solution. It really does seem like there's some emotional success in this as well. I, I guess what I'm saying, I, if when I do a job, I want to have a purpose behind it. And it really does seem like you can find some purpose in this work. I have. 
and uh, you know the guys I work with. I think if you asked them all, they would be you know, they're very maybe not as passionate about it as I am, but they're all very dedicated to doing good work. And it's uh, as you know, that's uh, something that's also harder to find. Uh, not just quality workers, but people that if they don't care, they won't usually put in the effort to do it right all the time. And you know that's what really separates a lot is when the things are not quite easy or not how you're expecting the you want people on your team or on your side that are willing to do it right even when it hurts well josh one of my missions in life is really to help younger people uh just understand the opportunities are that are out there in the world and understand that there's a place for each and every one of us and we do not have to fit in a particular type of profile Now, I want to be very clear with this statement that I'm a believer in a college education. I believe if you can afford it and you can make it happen, you should get your degree because it'll just make you more confident about yourself. But with that said, I also feel like many people just follow this process. They feel like they've been pushed into, go to school, go to college, and they end up on the other side having no clear direction, no clear idea what they actually want to do in life. And I also believe that many go that direction and feel like the only opportunity for them is to work in an office. And so now you're going to work in an office and, you know, yeah, there's room for growth, but really you're going to make $45,000, $50,000 in whatever office role you might, you know, happen to land in. And I just see that recurring trend over and over and over. And it, it, again, a passionate point of mine is there's a much bigger world out here. Money is a very subjective topic. I say this all the time. What is a lot to one person is not enough for another. But we have to dive into this part of the conversation. We focused most of this conversation on the, I'll call them technician. What does a good employee make in this? Can you give us a range of of what they could expect to earn? And, And maybe geography impacts it somewhat. But can one make a good living doing this? Yeah, my so we would say my you know highly experienced uh, technicians uh, that would be somebody with say a minimum of six years experience, uh, you know very comfortable with all aspects of the job. That position, I'd say the range would be eighty thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand per year. Definitely hourly based. So you you know the more overtime you're willing to work, the higher you can push that number. But even at a base. You know, working maybe 40 to 45 hours a week, you could still easily be in the, you know, 80 to 90,000 per year. Um, entry level, uh, trades positions are still, still kind of low on the salary end. I'd say they're, you know, still probably between 30 and 40,000. But the advantage a lot of young people have now is with the shortage of workers, you'll have the ability to accelerate your career very quickly. You know, you might be in a position you know, that may have taken five years to make some real progress on. Um, now, you, if you have the skill and able to present it within two or three years, you probably can make the same amount of, you know, same amount of income increase that may have taken five or six years before. So the ability to make more is definitely there and to make it quickly because if you can do good quality work right now, people will hire you and do their best to take care of you. And let's be real. The reality is I think many college graduates have an idea that they're going to graduate college and make that 80 to 120 right away. And that's just not realistic either. 
Uh, at the end of the day, pretty much everyone, unless you just have the right connection, starts out entry level somewhere. And I don't think the entry level that you just mentioned is too far off from what most would make, again, in an office environment or working for some corporation and organization. So it really does seem like a great opportunity, both at the start and on the, the, the back end. It seems like you can get to higher wages quicker. I do want to ask one thing. I am, a again, a believer in the college education. I've put that out there. But is a college age, uh, a college education a requirement to be in this line of work? Or are you just looking for good workers that will work hard and learn on the job? Personally, uh, the quality of the character and the person is what's going to be the biggest driver for their success. So that's what I look at, you know, the ability to be a, just a good, passionate worker, to put others before yourself, to really take on the role of seeing what other people around you need you to do. Um, I think with that attitude, you can really control your future. Uh, might sound a little contradictory thinking that serving others would maybe not put you ahead of them, but I think in the long term, what all industry needs is people that are willing to do the jobs that they see other people struggling with. Yeah, I could go on a sidebar on this, but I'll save that for a different video <laughs> one day and I'll post that when that time's ready. But to stay on point with this, let's just keep uh, diving into what you said about this person with character. What would be an ideal person? If, if you're looking to hire someone for your company right now, you have a bunch of different resumes coming in. If you could package the perfect person, what would they look like? Yeah, personally, I'm a, not a fan of resumes because on paper, you know, everyone looks the rosiest. You know, everyone puts their best foot forward and it's very, it's a little difficult to substantiate. Um, I'm a big fan of networking. Uh, when I need an employee or need a certain position filled, the first people I ask are my friends. Uh, what I'm asking is, do you have a good recommendation? You know, I'm looking for this position, whether it's a, you know, a service or field worker or if it's a marketing or sales position. And I'm trying to find out you know, people's records. I'm trying to find out what their friends will say about them. Uh, what their family says that they, if they count on them, to me that's a big, a big reason to believe in them and believe that they'll be successful in the job and with me. Uh, resumes, that's I would say a last resort. That'd be the last thing I'd go to look for is looking through papers to find the right candidate. Um, again, just because there's no relation there, there's no experience that they've had with somebody that I know or care about. So let me ask you this, Josh. Let's say I've listened to this episode and theoretical world, you have your business in my backyard and I really would like to get into this industry, but I don't know any of the friends that you're friends with. Uh, I know you don't love resumes per se, just so you know, I don't eat, don't either, Josh. Um, what would you say to that person that's looking to transition, looking for a change, and this sounds interesting to them. How would you tell them to connect with you? How can they get your attention? Uh, I would say face-to-face -face is probably the best, you know, 
come into the office. If you're willing to come down to find where I'm at, to talk to me about something that can benefit me and you, uh, you know, I think that's the place to start. You know, if I were needing work or wanting to search out a new uh, position or even just try something, I'd uh, go face to face and make a relationship because it doesn't have to be a deep or long lasting one, but talking with someone knowing that they had the effort just to come down and see me, I'd be very happy to give that person an option. Well, that's one interesting fact too. I think many times people think, well, when I'm looking for a job, I can't be too forward. If I go there, they might think that uh, I'm soliciting or we come up with all the reasons why it's not okay to stop and just make an introduction. I just heard you say that you actually find a little bit of respect for the person who's willing to take that risk. Um, can you speak a little more to that just in general uh, as a business owner? Why does that matter to you and why would you recommend that to someone rather than living with the online resume? Um, okay. Well, personally, with the online re resume, I think the problem is you're having to you don't know what barriers are in front of you for a position. And so you're trying to put yourself on paper to get past as many potential blocks as you can, which is you're already fighting from, uh, you know, I'd say kind of a losing position. You're already kind of defensive. You're not, you're not offensive at all. Uh, by coming down to an office, uh, you've shown initiative. Personally, I would say, Something very simple, like I'm interested in trying something here. Could I talk to somebody just for five minutes, uh, leave a, a note, a contact number, or maybe even find out a good time that's convenient for them. Find out if early mornings are real quiet for them and they have a few minutes there. Be willing to make the trip uh, maybe at an inconvenient time for yourself, but all those little steps will show somebody that you're outside of yourself, that you're willing to put somebody else or some other, you know, something before yourself. And I think that's what a lot of employers are going to be looking for right now is people that can go the extra mile, that can get the job done, uh, not the people that are kind of just in and out when it's convenient. Well, there you have it. If you're looking for work, regardless of the industry, put yourself out there, work on the offensive, not on the defensive. And, uh, you know, what's the worst say that can happen? They say no. Big deal. Keep putting yourself out there, and uh, that's how you're going to find that dream job. You know, Josh, I kind of want to end with one question, and it is, what's the outlook here? Uh, seems like you already mentioned construction's up. Do you see growth in this industry? Do you see kind of a neutral level? Uh, is, is there a decline coming? What would you predict as this industry's future? Yeah, my personal outlook, um, yeah, I try and stay up to speed with uh, you know, all of our current uh, organizations and trade trade magazines, uh, what their outlook is. Everyone's very positive. Uh, personally, I think it's going to be more than they expect because I think they're not taking into account how many, once once the existing owners and businesses become more profitable and are making more money, I think you're going to have even more uh, an earlier retirement outlook for some of them, which will actually drive more people out of the business, creating more of a need and more 
<laughs> more opportunity for a younger generation and for younger uh, tradespeople. So, yeah, my outlook is very, very strong. Work is is evolving. It's uh, developing more of a technical aspect to it, which I think is exciting, but I think it's a very good opportunity. Well, Josh, I appreciate you taking some time and just helping us learn again about the industry, learn a little more about a specific role on the uh, service and installation teams, helping us see the opportunity and what most would consider a blue collar line of work. But I got to tell you, I have a lot of white collar friends that aren't even coming close to this type of money with years and years and years of experience. So it's an area to look. I appreciate you again sharing with us, taking the time, just helping us see another great opportunity that this world has to offer us. Yeah, my pleasure too. This program is only possible with the support of guests that care about helping others find their calling. If you or someone you know would be interested in sharing, please email us at cdl at stopclowningaround.com. What do you want to be when you're older? When you're big and a little bit bolder? What do you want to be?